0: A little unusual to start, but could we? If, if you're, uh, so during worship, I was really feeling at, at, at the end, especially just this this invitation towards this this really beautiful picture that Trevor heard right before the service started, of of just just everyone bringing trophies, like things that we've he put it so beautifully, like things that we've that we hold dear, things that, that, that we maybe like place some of our identity in, doesn't have to be things that we, uh, that we mistakenly put our identity in, but just things that, that are of value. And I mean, the image there from Revelation of, of, of casting crowns, like the word cast, we I mean, just throw like all that we have, you know, and all of our affection, all of our devotion. Like I have tons of idols that I fight in my life, you know. Like my work is one, and and like to, to throw all of my devotion and my affection and my love at the feet of Jesus. So, um, can we just start praying? Is that okay? Okay. And if you feel like if you feel like uh, uh, like there's something in this resonating with you, just casting trophies, casting crowns. Trevor's image was like all these things, just bringing them to the front and like throwing them. You know, there's, it's such a wonderfully like reckless gesture. And so if you, if you feel like like maybe the Lord's doing something to you in that, uh, he is for me. Um, you're welcome to kneel or, you know, or dance, whatever you want to do, <laughs> or sit. <laughs> I'm just going to pray. Um, so Jesus, we, we love you. We throw our devotion at your feet, all of it, all of it. We throw our affection at your feet. We give you our love. You made us. You put everything in us that is in us. You put it all there, Lord. So we just pour ourselves out at your feet. We pour ourselves out. There's so much of worship of not holding anything back. We just pour everything at the feet of the Lord, who is so trustworthy, who is so good, Who's so sovereign? Who multiplies all good things. Jesus is all yours. And we are we are all yours. Amen. I've got a bunch of uh these are like amazing scriptures about who Jesus is uh, Nick kJ uh, I think almost everyone has been here for for the amazing stuff he's been sharing about humility and about about humility being like the soil out of which the the gifts and the fruits of the spirit grow um, I love that I was stirring the compost yesterday afternoon and it's it's good soil you know but it's all out of like things that that you throw in and they just rot, you know, like you let them die, and then there's good soil, you know, uh, and so I, I, I feel like I'll start there, um, but these are, these are scriptures, I, I'd love it if we could just like, if you, if you take one, just kind of go around and like stand up, you don't have to stand up, you just read it out loud, like from sitting, but loud enough so we can all hear, is that okay? Okay, thanks, thanks. Okay, so take one if you, if you want to read loud, I'll pass these this way, uh, but don't feel like you have to. If you don't want to, (laughs) yeah, these are all these are all scriptures. You'll you'll uh... oh yeah, you take one, or if you want to read them all, that's great. If anyone feels really, yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) Wow. So, so these are all about the lordship of Jesus how how big how big Jesus is. Uh, Nick shared last week that that it's, it's, it can be it can be um, intuitive when we're in the presence of the Lord and I'll read from the story of Mary encountering the angel, Gabriel, which is like I mean imagine encountering that angel when, when we're in that kind of presence, like to just be flat on our faces and and humility like we are from dust we go back to dust like there's something so natural there um, and he mentioned last week uh, why, I w- wondering if I could share on what it means for us to be humble before each other and to, to cast what we have before each other and to not, not hold things uh, between us and other people not hold ourselves in higher regard than others so I, I'd love to start here uh, some of you just like We sort of go this way and then back this way to you guys. Okay, so just read these scriptures. And if you you are waiting to read or you're not reading, just like, close your eyes. Let this wash over you. This is deep truth of who the Lord is. Okay, thanks. Yeah, go for it.
1: incense, which are the prayers of God's people, and they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it, for you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on. Then I looked again and I heard the
2: voices of thousands and millions of angels around the world, and the living beings and the elders. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and they sang in a mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. And they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said amen. And the 24 elders fell down
1: and worshiped the lamb. Daniel 7.
3: first peter 3 18-22 christ suffered for our sins once for all time he never sinned but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to god he suffered physical death but he was raised to life in the spirit so he went and preached to the spirits in prison those who disobeyed god long ago when god waited patiently while noah was building his boat only eight People were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated in the place of honor next to God, and all the angels and authorities and powers accept, accept his authority.
2: Colossians one fifteen through seventeen Christ is vis- visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all things in creation together.
3: Colossians one 18 through 18-20 Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled himself, reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross.
1: the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. John 1, 1-5 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Colossians 2, 8-10. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the element of spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is head over every power and authority. Colossians two thirteen through 15. You were dead because of your sins, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he gave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross.
3: John 1, 14 through 18. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Thanks.
0: Isn't that amazing? Like, who is Jesus, right? Like, he's, and that's just, that is like a fraction of what's in Scripture about who Jesus is. Like, that he is the King of kings. He is, he is, he is, he is this, like the Son of God. And then... So I heard this this week. This is um, Stephanie Gretzinger quoting someone else named Elizabeth. I don't know who that is. But it's so good. She said, this, this is the Jesus who's more humble than we are. Like, that's the Jesus who's, his disciples are like a mess. <laughs> and, and he's about to sacrifice his whole body for us. And, and he knows that's coming. Right, and then he get he washes their feet, <laughs> and he serves them bread and wine. It's so radical, and if Jesus is there, like Jesus is on that wavelength of of radical humility, serving his disciples, then, I mean, that's just like it like pulls me over. <laughs> like where, where are we in that map? You know, like we're made in God's image, and we're redeemed by grace that has nothing to do with us, you know? It's so good. <laughs> There's an image in an essay, it's an amazing essay by C.S. Lewis, where he he takes this image of salt from scripture. Jesus says we're to be salt and light. And he he weaves it first the other way. That, that Jesus is so humble that Jesus is like salt. And And the picture you get is that salt is a radically humble spice. Like we were smelling uh, a thing of like nutmeg and cinnamon, pumpkin spice. I got in my nose. Lois is smelling it this afternoon. And that's a spice that like is all about itself, right? You put it in your oatmeal and it is like pumpkin spice, right? So that's like a, that's a proud spice. It's not bad, but it's, it's about itself. Salt. So C.S. Lewis points this out. He says salt is, is something that, that you'd think, so imagine you never had salt before, right, on anything. And someone gave you a teaspoon of salt and said, hey, put this on your steak. And you like, took a little bit and you like, tasted it. And like, wow, that'd be overpowering. And you might think, C.S. Lewis says, that it, something that strong of a flavor, it's that powerful, would just make everything taste like salt. But the truth, he says, of course, as we know, is that salt actually brings out the steakiness of the steak or the broccoliness of the broccoli. And, and that is what Jesus does, C.S. Lewis says, for our being. Is that like he created Giselle to be like 100% Giselle, right? And then, and then like the Holy Spirit is part of Giselle and, and it's like salt that Jesus is Effect is like make Giselle more Giselle than she was before, right? And make make Brandon more Brandon than he was before. Like it's an amazing gesture that that he points out. So before Jesus asks us to be salt, what C. S. Lewis writes is that is that he was he was salt to us first. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) The humility is like soil. Like the soil in our garden, it'll grow a tomato, a tomato-y tomato, and it'll grow a cucumbery cucumber. And, and it doesn't taste like dirt. It tastes like cucumber. It's like the same pattern. Humility is soil. Like what does it mean for us to get in the soil, like under each other, you know? Like we throw it, we already threw our crowns in, at Jesus's feet. And then what does that look like? For like the moment where I'm talking to a colleague and and I like want to emphasize uh, like how oh, I have this 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 quali- oh I, ha- I just got this freelance job that's pretty awesome I want you to think that I'm awesome I do this it's ridiculous it's like so hideous like that's the opposite <laughs> we're so tempted to the opposite there are lots of examples in scripture I mean tons of Jesus washing his disciples' feet radically submitting himself to them. And there are also there are also images of of other characters who are around Jesus kind of doing the same thing. One of them is Mary. And one is John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is a is a great one. I won't go to scripture specifically for this, but but imagine this character who so doesn't care what people think about him. Right? Like he's obviously a smart preacher. He could have probably become a rabbi and been pretty fancy. But instead, he feels this prompt from the Lord. And well, he's like in a minute, he's out there like eating locusts and honey. And he's dressed in sheepskin, which was weird, it seems, then as well as now. And, and he's just preparing the way. And people come and ask him, like, are you, are you Elijah? Are you the Messiah? Who are you? Because obviously, he's so good. Like, he's so anointed. And think how tempting it would be for him to be like, well, yes, you know, I am pretty good at, at, at repentance and prompting you people to repentance. And I baptize people. And, and yeah, I'm pretty radical. Yeah, I'm a lot. Like, he could have right then. Maybe maybe he would have uh, expired that moment. But he could have taken that place. But instead, the language he picks from, from the Old Testament is, I I am coming to prepare a way for the way of the Lord. Make straight the path of the Lord. I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Like, I don't even have a body. I'm I'm a voice (laughs) crying in the wilderness. He doesn't care. He's just all about Jesus. (laughs) And then he says, I'm not even worthy to untie Jesus' sandal strap. Wow. (laughs) He knows. He gets it. Like. I, I was reading that this week thinking, what if I got it <laughs> like John did, you know? Like, I'm not there. <laughs> what if I got it like John did? I'm not worthy to untie Jesus' sandal strap. So here's this other example. This is, this is Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary. There's another Mary in Scripture who, who, who pours out perfume at Jesus' feet, So I want to share from Luke. This is Luke, Luke 1. There's this is an interesting comparison between Mary and Zacharias. So I'll just read a couple things about Zacharias. Zacharias is the father of John the Baptist, right? So think about your, your Zachariah. Like, put yourself here, okay? So I'm in, I'm in verse, uh, uh, verse 8. Now it happened that while he, Zacharias, uh, uh, was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. We'll get to Mary in a moment, but this sets up how, how amazing her humility is. So he goes in to offer incense. He's chosen first, and then he goes to offer incense to the Lord. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. I think... I think humility, like radical humility, is, is actually an antidote to fear because we can trust when we have humility. So but this is not right now where he is, right? And I'd probably be just the same as him. <laughs> but the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. And so there's, there, there's, you can read this passage on your own, it, it's, it's like astonishing the, the blessing that this angel puts right at Zacharias' feet, and and he's afraid, and then out of fear, here's his response. He said to the angel, "How will I know this for certain? <laughs> for I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years." So he starts right out with this question of of doubt, right? Like I. I I might be just the same, you know, like, there but for the grace of God go I, right? Bill Johnson says that questions that are raised in faith, they lead to revelation. And that's where Mary's going to be in a minute. But he says that questions that are raised in mistrust, they, they lead us further down the path to unbelief. Well, how, how am I going to know for sure, right? Of course, Anne Mott says famously that, that, uh, that doubt isn't the opposite of faith, certainty is. <laughs> so he wants a whole lot of certainty from this angel. And then later, so the, so the angel answers him, um, <laughs> as you'd imagine the angel would. <laughs> and he's struck silent, right, until John is born. And the people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was an- unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. When the days of his priestly service were ended, he went back home. So it's this, it's kind of like a, it's a joyful ending, because here's John the Baptist, his son, on the way. But it's a, it's a heartbreaking ending. He just goes home. Like that's the tone that I, that I sense here. He just, he just sort of, want, okay, I'll just go home. So he, he's, he's gripped with fear. He asks for certainty. How do I know for certain? For certain? There's an entitlement, I think, in that. You know, when I ask for certainty, I don't know about you, but when I ask the Lord for certainty, how do I know this is that your word is true? Um, I'm kind of saying, well, I am God. I am entitled to feeling certain, you know? <laughs> I deserve it, right? And the truth is, John Piper puts it this way, we don't deserve anything but death, like the valley of dry bones. And yet Jesus, <laughs> Jesus takes on that death and says, no, here is union with God. Here's righteousness. So I don't deserve certainty. I don't even deserve to be here. Like, wow. (laughs) Okay, so, so here's Mary. This is really different. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. So just like Zacharias, like, she's an angel, walk into the room. Like, put yourself there. That's awe-inspiring. And the angel says, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. So she's different. She doesn't doubt. She doesn't ask for certain. How do I know for certain that uh, you me- Tell me about myself, you know? How am I favored of God? You know, like that's probably what I would have done. <laughs> but she is radically different. And she's perplexed, but she, but she trusts. She's pondering what kind of salutation this was. Like that pondering, I read that as like, a, 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 like an awe. You know, like, wow. (laughs) Here's this angel. (laughs) And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? So you might think, okay, oh, now she's doubting, right? But I don't read it that way. I think she's saying, how can this be? Like, she's assuming it can be. She's just curious, well, how? You know, I hope I'm not revising too much here, but like, seems like a a humility that's just, like humility is, it's like Nick's been saying, it's it's the soil out of which the fruits of the spirit, like faith, grow. She's already fostered humility. And then out of that humility, here's this faith. Like, how, how could this be, you know? Like, this, this question, here's back to Bill Johnson. Questions raised in faith, they lead to revelation. Questions raised in doubt, they lead us further into unbelief. She's raising a question, I think, here in faith. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age and she who is called barren is now in her 6th month for nothing will be impossible with God and Mary said behold the bond servant of the Lord may it be done to me according to your word and the angel departed so there's her faith right she does she's not doubting she's asked she's curious how she's what in wonder and then and then and then she's she's right away in this place of Like, may it be to me according to your word. If you remember how Zacharias, like, delayed, like, he's sort of hanging out. I read it as, like, in there for a minute, like, okay, I can't talk anymore. Do I believe this angel, right? Here's Mary. Now, at this time, we don't know how long that is, but at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to to the city of Judea to see Elizabeth. So she arises in a hurry. So, like, God does something in us, and, and we might think, well, humility is, is and this, this would be, like, um, this would be false humility. Uh, Bill Johnson also says that, that humility, real humility, isn't thinking less of ourselves, it's thinking of ourselves less. She's thinking of herself so little that she's, like, out of there to go see Elizabeth, <laughs> to hear about Elizabeth's child. Like, she's got her own story to tell, but she actually, when she gets there, she, she, she starts, like, by just greeting Elizabeth. She's not like, hey, God did this amazing thing. Aren't I the, the I, am, I am the bondservant of the Lord, you know? It's the opposite. She's so radically humble. And on top of all this, in the moment she's in, in Israel, she's an, she's an unwed mother. And how many people, she must know this, how many people are going to believe an angel visited me, and that's why I'm pregnant with the Son of God? Like, that is likely to get her killed. Branded a heretic, rejected, probably her engagement broken off. She takes extreme risk, and just like John the Baptist later, doesn't care what people think, just after Jesus. She's in the same place. I don't care if it if it if it gets me kicked out of society. Like here she is. I be it unto me as you say, I'm a bondservant of the Lord. She cares so little what other people are gonna think that she risks really her whole livelihood, everything. She like tosses it all, like there's a crown at Jesus' feet. Our certainty can be a crown we throw at his feet. Like I got lots of things, like we have a retirement account, you know? Like what does it mean for me to cast the certainty of a retirement account at Jesus' feet, you know? She does this, she does this so beautifully. She says, my soul exalts the Lord. She's kind of like salt through this story. Like Jesus is born, and she is raising Jesus. Like this kid who runs away when he's a kid. Like I'm thinking of our four-year-old running away and like preaching in the temple. You don't know where he is. And this is her child. And she's shepherding that kind of a kid (laughs) who's Jesus. And I'm sure that's not easy at all moments, especially given probably what a lot of people in her community think about where Jesus came from and think about her as a result. And here she is being salt, being salt to that. I heard someone say that it's, it's the simplicity of childlike faith. And here, Mary's childlike faith that says, he knows what's happening, and I don't, but I'm just going to trust him. Like, will I trust him with my certainty? Will I trust him with my reputation? Mary does. (laughs) And here, I think, is where humility, it's it's this soil out of which the fruit of the Spirit grows. One... The fruit of the spirit is peace, which of course is the opposite of fear. And so when we feel fear, I think one pathway to, to undermine what the enemy is planting in our spirit with fear is, is humility. It's to get low before the Lord, before other people, even if it's just stopping caring what other people think. And and lean into trust, a kind of radical trust that, that says he knows what's happening, and I don't, and I'm just. Going to trust him. Another great uh, like phrase from from uh, Bill Johnson again is that that in order to access the peace that passes understanding, I have to give up my right to understand, my entitlement that I think I have, and I got a lot <laughs> like that I that I think I have to understand. I've had some of this going on. In uh, in parts of my life, the last couple years, um, one one area has been uh, has been work that, like I mentioned earlier, I'm super tempted to like turn into a to an idol. Um, and idols are all about pride. Like it's a thing I think I can control that I think is going to lift me when I control it. Like my reputation, right, or my career. Like oh, I want to be a famous artist, whatever. You know, like fill in the blank for you. I think I can control that. And so it's idolatry. And then I think by controlling that thing and pursuing, say, recognition for the work that I do, right? that that's going to get under me and lift me. <laughs> so I think I'm going to lift myself. And, and that, is, that is so the opposite of the Lord's way. Like Humility is this giant building. In the Chronicles of Narnia, the wardrobe, it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside at the end of those, that series, the, the last battle, there's a shed that's Aslan's country. It's the heavenly country. And it looks like a tiny shed. And you go in, and it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Humility is a huge building with a tiny door that we got to get low to get, to get into. So I, I had come here before I met Dottie, uh, which is like amazing reason to come here on its own. But before I came here, I... Uh, Um, I I thought I was coming here to to join this, to teach at IWU, and I thought, oh, I'm going to go, like, I was so, like, arrogant, and, uh, oh, I'm going to go be part of, like, building this, like, amazing, it's going to be, like, the best faith-based art and design school in the country. It's going to be, you know, and, and I had colleagues who were, you know, and I think with them more humbly, more anointedly, like, believing that same thing, and so we worked, like, I've Put like the last 10 years into trying to build this thing, and the Lord's taught me and a lot of colleagues a, a lot through this one event uh, or se- a whole series of events. Uh, maybe a couple of years ago, starting just before COVID, was that whole that whole like, rocket ship we thought we were building to like lift off to to launch this school. Um, it started like one bolt at a time, kind of like bing bing, like it just started falling apart, <laughs> and. When that started, um, I had this moment of, okay, this is like spiritual warfare time, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna curse this attack on what clearly the Lord's doing because I like the idea. The Lord must be in it, you know. That's a joke. <laughs> and and I felt this this real pushback from the Holy Spirit, like, no, I'm doing this. Be still. I'm changing the house. <laughs> Be still. Don't fight. This is me. And then more bolts, like, and, and now it's a completely different space. And it's amazing. It's so where the Lord wants us. And it's so what he wants to be doing in, in students' lives. And it's so different than this big spaceship I thought we were, you know, I wanted to build. <laughs> and so in the middle of all this, I had this very revealing moment. Um, I hope I'm not going on too long with it. Stop me. Okay. So I had this revealing moment. This great colleague who, uh, who said, and he listens to the Lord. So I think maybe even the Lord planted this in him. I don't know. But it really upset me uh, because I was so uh, not humble before other people. Uh, so he, he made this comment. Oh, you know, seems like at IWU that people who have uh, opportunity to do better things, they leave. And... And so I heard that, and then like a moment later, I was like, wait, you don't know the career in New York that I left to come here? Like, I have tons of opportunities. you know, whoa. It was like, it was, I didn't say anything. I just sort of like nodded. But it was this hideous thing in me. Like, oh, I thought I was more humble than that, <laughs> you know? And, I, and the Lord just used, has used his words as, you know, Paul writes about this thorn in his side. We don't know quite what it was. God, I think, put this thorn in, like, hey, Henrik, do you, have you noticed how much of an idol and how much of your, your pride is wrapped up in career? And this one comment just brought it all to the surface. And, and the question from the Lord was, are you, are you willing? Are you willing to become a bondservant to the Lord? Like, whatever that means. And he's put lots of amazing mentors in my life who are who have done that with their lives and are now at the, at, at the um, one put it as the twilight of his career. I think he's going to go another 40 years, but, but he's he's lived that way. He's he has followed the Lord, given up lots of things that would have made him look impressive, or increased his stature in the sight of others. And and it's beautiful. He's beautiful at the end of that, and I think that's whatever the Lord calls us to, like if we take it into our own hands and we try to make the vision happen, we might do it, but that thing is not Jesus. And we wind up at the end holding this thing that is like a tiny little like, chunk of maybe silver, you know, and we're like, here, Jesus. And, and I imagine Jesus' response is, do you know what I could have made out of that if you had put it in the ground? Like that was a seed, you know think of the parable of the sower like like or the talents like i gave you that seed what if you had put that in the ground and let it grow what would that have multiplied to and then what kind of thing would you have had to 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 honor the lord with you know um, god's so merciful you know <laughs> jesus says in john 5:30 and this is again jesus think back to all those scriptures We read, Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I think part of what it means for us to be salty is for us to seek the Lord's will and then just like everything, you know, like here's everything I got. Here's the Lord's, like, whatever, whatever he's doing, like, how do I jump in and do that too? Not I'm asking him to bless my dreams, right? But I'm, I'm allowing him to change the dreams in my heart and then join in with whatever he's doing. And, and if I'm going to be maybe a little bit of salt, that salt could, could maybe play some role on the stake that Jesus is making. Like, can it bring out the stakiness of that steak? You know, and and that is that's such a different attitude than um, uh, I think is is uh, is human. <laughs> there's this there's this passage in later on in Luke. It's Luke eight sixteen. So Jesus is born. This is after Mary has. Has been Jesus' parent all the way to adulthood. Jesus starts his ministry. Here Jesus says, Now no one, after lighting a lamp, covers it over with a container or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Light, light is, is beautiful. And, and yet, if we look right at it, like I'm looking at that one up. That's bright. <laughs> like, it hurts. <laughs> and I just see the light. But the goodness of light, one of the goodnesses of light, is that, that we don't primarily see the light. We, it's what we see by the light that's important. And, and so light, sort of like salt, it yields itself to what's whatever else is around. So there's this is other image of humility being beautiful. Be- humility is beautiful, willing to give up our own, willingness to give up our own reputation, our own whatever, like just like John the Baptist. That's beautiful like salt. It yields to the stake. It's beautiful like light. I don't see the light, but by the light I see all other things. It's beautiful in those ways. The other thing about a lamp, is, So I was reading this, a number of weeks ago, and and I was thinking, oh, a lamp, yeah, like, of course we 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 pray this, like God, let us be a light, and it's a it's an honest prayer, like let us be lights that shed your truth and your goodness, right, and and the Lord reminded me the the thing about a lamp is that like you take a you take like a flammable material and like oh let me be the light. <laughs> And you put it on a stand, and then you light it on fire, (laughs) and it burns, (laughs) and then it illuminates, and like there's this other image of of humility in God's kingdom. Like there's John the Baptist, right? Like he lights his own career. What did he have of that? His own future? Does he have a retirement account? Like, not that it's wicked to have a retirement account, but he lights himself on fire. And he burns. And then Jesus is illuminated. And then he says, Jesus is the light. <laughs> like, he even backs off from there. Like, how do we do How do we do that? In Revelation, I'll, 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 I'll close out here. Um, so if you guys are willing to play, that'd be, that'd be awesome. If, uh, whenever you want. Uh, this is in Revelation uh, chapter 2. Jesus is speaking to a portion of the church, and he says, but I have this against you, that you've left your first love. Then remember from where you have fallen, and repent, and do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Like, it's back to this John Piper idea. God doesn't owe us, God doesn't owe any of us a thing (laughs) and yet he pours out on us righteousness and grace and invitation into his kingdom and then on top of that he's like hey i I want you to like do some really amazing things like go out and and heal the sick and and cleanse the lepers and cast out demons and raise the dead freely received freely now give we don't know, We don't deserve anything, and yet he gives us everything. And so, of course, he can. If we're if we're to be a lamp, he can take us off and put a different lamp up there that's not doused itself in water, <laughs> right? Like I'm asking the question: How do I not be a lamp that's doused myself in water? Because I'm, I'm a little afraid, like of what burning means, you know. And really, burning means awesome. Like, remember the last time you saw a candle lit in the darkness? Like, that is beautiful. So I feel like maybe what, what, the, what the Lord's inviting us into is uh, is, is whatever, that, whatever that thing might be for you that, that's like the, the other uh, like sidecar that you put your identity in. You know, I got a few of them. <laughs> and, and, and then asking the Lord, what does it look like for me to light that on fire? what does it look like for me to turn that into a pillar of salt so that it can be salt and it can be light and it can be at the service truly of, of a king who's worth everything, everything that I am. Um, so if you feel like you want to uh, pray up here, you're welcome to or um, you know, engage however you feel like the Spirit's leading you. Um, let me pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. You've come and you're coming again on the clouds, and your voice is like many waters. You are the light of the world. And by you, we see everything. Help us to see everything by your light for what it actually is. Thank you that you, you bless us in such amazing ways. And even in the midst of challenges that we don't understand, would you, Jesus, would you help us to say, just like, just like Mary does, I don't get it, but my soul magnifies the Lord. Or like David, commanding his spirit to magnify the Lord. We command our spirits to magnify you, Jesus. And it's all about you and you're multiplying work on the earth.